Good morning. Scott Luton here with you on this edition of This Week in Business History. Welcome to today's show. On this program, which is part of the Supply Chain Now family of programming, we take a look back at the upcoming week, and then we share some of the most relevant events and milestones from years past. Of course, mostly business-focused, with a little dab of global supply chain, and occasionally, we might just throw in a good story outside of our primary realm. So I invite you to join me on this look back in history to identify some of the most significant leaders, companies, innovations, and perhaps lessons learned in our collective business journey. Now, let's dive in to this week in business history. Good morning, and thanks for joining us. I'm your host, Scott Luton, and welcome to today's edition of This Week in Business History for August 9th, 2021. Before we dive into today's show, I'd like to recognize the passing of quite a legendary business figure. So back in the late 1980s, early 1990s, infomercials dominated the television airwaves. This was long before the Amazon age or even widespread internet usage. And arguably, the king of the infomercial was the one and only Ron Popeil. In fact, not only was Popeil the tireless pitch person, but in many cases, he was the inventor of the products themselves. The Chopomatic, the Buttoneer, the Bedazzler, and one of my favorites, the Showtime Rotisserie. It was during the infomercial for this device that Popeil said the phrase, you put your chicken in and you set it and forget it. A phrase I've uttered thousands of times since. But that wasn't the only Popeilism that stuck in pop culture's collective memory. An even bigger one was, but wait, there's more. The meme universe would never be the same without Ron Popeil. But kidding aside, Ron Popeil, the son of an inventor from Chicago, was extraordinarily successful. He was an innovative mind, a tireless entrepreneur, and was very gifted in the art of the pitch. Mr. Ron Papil passed away just a few weeks ago on July 28, 2021, at the age of 86. Robert Thompson, a Syracuse University television professor, said this of Mr. Papil back in 1997, quote, This is the ultimate late 20th century guy. What Henry Ford was to industrial strength and genius, Ron Popeil is to the next generation of American ingenuity. He's figured out the very complex negotiations that go on between what American culture produces and how we consume it. People 100 years from now are going to be writing dissertations on him." End quote. I might just agree with that assertion. Papil saw a new way of moving product and connecting with the consumer and went after it with gusto, zeal, and tenacity. So with that, we offer our best wishes and condolences to the family of Mr. Ron Popeil. But back to this week in business history, on today's show, speaking of tenacity, we're sharing the story of Airbnb. You might be surprised with where and how it started some of the hurdles to growth that the founders had to break through, and ultimately, 
just how successful it has become. So stay tuned. And as always, thanks again for joining us here on this episode of This Week in Business History, powered by our team here at Supply Chain Now. On August 11th, 2008, Airbnb, then known as Airbed and Breakfast, was founded by Brian Chesky, Joe Jebia, and Nathan Placharzik. But to better understand the origins of the company, let's back up to September 2007, about one year prior. Jebia and Chesky were roommates living in San Francisco, and both were unemployed. To make things worse, their landlord had just raised the rent 25%. Jebia and Chesky weren't sure how they'd make ends meet, so they began to brainstorm ways to make a little extra cash. What to do, what to do. And then an idea crept into Jebia's mind that would significantly change their future journey. On September 22nd, 2007, Joe Jebia emailed Brian Chesky and would say, quote, Brian, I thought of a way to make a few bucks turning our place into designers bed and breakfast, offering young designers who come into town a place to crash during the four-day event, complete with wireless internet, a small desk space, sleeping mat, and breakfast each morning, end quote. That's a pretty impressive eureka moment. The sleeping mat that Jebia was referring to were air mattresses, which he had left over from father-son campouts. In fact, Jebia's father, had been quoted as saying that the air mattresses were his first investment in the company. Nevertheless, Jebia and Chesky acted on the idea and knew they'd need a website to advertise the space. They created a fairly simple site entitled airbedandbreakfast.com and waited to see the response. And just like that, three guests made the reservation, paid $80 each to sleep on the air mattress, and departed a few days later. Joe Jebbia told NPR in a 2016 interview that, quote, I'll never forget saying goodbye and watching the door click closed and thinking with Brian, wait, what if we made this possible for other people, end quote. Of course, both of them knew that they'd need a major technology play to create the marketplace they had in mind. Brian Chesky had the perfect individual in mind, someone that had created his own software business in high school to make a few extra bucks. So in February 2008, Nathan Blacharzik, one of Chesky's former roommates, joined the fledgling startup as CTO. And off and running was Airbed and Breakfast. But one big problem, they didn't have any cash to power growth. In fact, not only did they not have cash, but both Chesky and Jebia had already racked up $20,000 in credit card debt each by that time. The trio were introduced to 15 angel investors in summer and fall 2008. Eight of the 15 rejected them outright, and the remaining seven angel investors ignored them entirely. Undaunted, the trio of founders had a guerrilla marketing idea as the 2008 Democratic National Convention was coming to Denver. Confident in their website's ability to handle the traffic and transactions, they turned their attention to getting the word out. They traveled to Denver in late August 2008 with cereal in tow. Cereal? What does cereal have to do with anything, you ask? Well, Brian Chesky and Joe Jebia came up with the idea 
to make boxes of Obama O's and Captain McCain's cereal, complete with both a limited edition number for those collectors out there, and more importantly, information about air bed and breakfast printed right there on the box. And better yet, they were to sell each box out in the streets in Denver amongst all the convention goers for 40 bucks a piece. So where did they get the cereal from, you might ask? Well, they had a buddy print the designer boxes for them uh, for a cut of the sales, and then Chesky and Jebbia bought cheap dollar cereal from San Francisco grocery stores to fill in the boxes of Obama O's and Captain McCain's cereal using a hot glue gun to seal things up. So that's a pretty wild idea, most of you might agree. In fact, one of the founders, Nathan Blacharczyk, didn't want anything to do with it. But that didn't phase the other two, who had been kind of backed into a financial corner of sorts. So they headed out to Denver to do their thing. And guess what? It worked. They collected some $30,000 from the Creative Guerrilla Marketing Initiative. Absolutely critical funding for where the company was at that moment. Now, as fate would have it, an early advisor to Airbed and Breakfast suggested that the startup apply to Y Combinator, a prestigious startup accelerator based in California. Computer programmer and venture capitalist Paul Graham had founded Y Combinator in 2005. Now, to be accepted, Chesky, Jebbia, and Blacharczyk had to make it through a tenacious single interview, only 10 minutes long, no presentations allowed, with Graham and his Y Combinator partners. The interview did not go well, and as the trio of founders were about to leave the conference room, Jebbia walked over to Paul Graham and proudly presented him with a box of Obama O's. And in the next few minutes, Jebbia explained the whole serial initiative and its results. At the end of the conversation, Graham was reported to say, quote, Wow, you guys are like cockroaches. You just won't die. End quote. Airbed and Breakfast would earn admission into Y Combinator, which came with a $20,000 check for funding, for which they gave up 6% of the company to Graham and his partners. Chesky, Jebbia, and Blacharzik would use the money mainly on promotion. And by March 2009, Airbed and Breakfast had 10,000 users and 2,500 listings. Also in March 2009, a decision was made to change the name of the company. Gone was any association with the phrase air mattresses. And N was a new, succinct, sleek name, Airbnb. In November 2010, Airbnb announced that it had booked more than 700,000 nights worth of accommodations. In that same month, Airbnb would raise $7.2 million in financing from Greylock Partners and Sequoia Capital in a Series A round, which would lock in a $70 million post-money valuation. 2010 was indeed a big year in general for Airbnb and its founders not only for the breakthrough business and the big-time investments, but also for the knowledge that was gained about both the market and Airbnb customers. In fact, for several months in 2010, Brian Chesky would live exclusively in Airbnb-booked accommodations, where he was essentially conducting field research. By 2011, 
just four years after that now legendary email from Jebbia to Chesky. Airbnb had expanded to 89 countries and had surpassed 1 million nights booked. The company would also open up its first international office in London, to be followed by Paris, Milan, Barcelona, and many other world cities. Continued growth and expansion and even acquisition would follow. Finally, in 2016, Airbnb would first become profitable. Also in 2016, the U.S. government would look into how Airbnb was impacting housing costs. It's been reported that the hotel industry, who views Airbnb as a dangerous competitor, was somehow involved in the government's investigation. This would only be one of many regulatory hurdles and headaches for Airbnb that continue on to this day. In fact, some cities have made it illegal for residents to conduct short-term rentals through services like Airbnb. In 2018, Airbnb would make a $200 million profit. And by October 2019, 2 million people were staying with Airbnb each night. Wow, what an incredible marketplace and community. The most popular destinations in 2019 for Airbnb were in China, Mexico, and New Zealand. But by this time, the global COVID-19 pandemic was beginning to set in with devastating consequences for everyone, including businesses like Airbnb. In some cities, the company's bookings dropped 96%. Unfortunately, the drastic shifts in the economic landscape caused Airbnb to lay off about 25% of its global workforce. Brian Chesky, co-founder and now CEO of Airbnb, told John Stoll at the Wall Street Journal in an April 2020 interview, quote, There's this crazy idealism that founders have. They've learned to cope with a lot of adversity and have a lot of resilience, end quote. A few months after that interview, Airbnb would become a public company in December 2020, raising $3.5 billion. That not only made the three co-founders billionaires, but it gave the company a war chest of wherewithal to help navigate the pandemic landscape as it now extends into the Delta variant chapter. But unlike many other similar startups, all three co-founders remain very active members of the executive leadership team at Airbnb. Brian Chesky remains CEO, Nathan Blacharczyk is Chief Strategy Officer and Chairman of Airbnb China, and Joe Jebbia is Chairman of Samara and Airbnb.org. That seems to be good for the business at this stage, even in this day and age where founders are often set aside as more capable adult supervision is brought in to lead new growth. Now, adult supervision, as my partner, advisor, and friend Greg White has coined that I've shamelessly stolen. Chesky sees big advantages to the core team, telling BBC recently, quote, I'd rather work with great founders on a not great idea than not excellent founders on a great idea. Was Airbnb really a good idea? It didn't seem like a good idea. But if you have a great team, you can take an idea that people might think is a little crazy and you could find a way in. Having great founders that can support you is the most important thing, I think." End quote. Airbnb has dramatically changed the travel industry 
disrupting the largely established hotel industry all along the way. And something, just something tells me that the company will find a path forward, persevering through the pandemic-related challenges to successfully break through to the other side. Well, that just about wraps up this edition of This Week in Business History. Huge, massive thanks to you, our listener, for tuning into the show each week. On behalf of the entire team here at This Week in Business History and Supply Chain Now, this is Scott Luton wishing all of our listeners nothing but the best. Hey, do good, give forward, and be the change that's needed. And on that note, we'll see you next time right here on This Week in Business History. Thanks, everybody.